0: We're back in here on the Brisbane Football News NPL, So, that's another massive weekend of football here in southeast Queensland. Where in the NPL men's competition, we saw a, a set of results which has seen the table really tighten up. Whereas in the women's game, the league was on hiatus this week due to the, the quarterfinals of the Kappa Women's Super Cup. So, we're down to the, the final four teams in that competition. Adam, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good uh, Scott it's uh, good to have a, another another uh, weekend of uh, football and as well being pretty much the only football at least on the eastern seaboard this week which um which like, we, we say gleefully that no but you know we have football on but I do feel very sorry for our uh, good friends down in Sydney and Melbourne and hopefully they uh resume their activities sooner rather than later.
0: Absolutely. It's not for the first time we have seen Queensland take centre stage in the NPL due to COVID-related lockdowns in the Victorian and New South Wales Capitals. So I agree with you. Hopefully those two can get up and running once again sooner rather than later. But all attention was on the NPL, Queensland and the Capital Women's Super Cup this weekend. Let's jump straight into the results over the weekend. We will start, as usual, with the NPL men's competition. Adam, and the game which we covered on Saturday night as our feature game up there at AJ Kelly Park. It was first against fourth going into the weekend. Peninsula Power playing host to Olympic for the second time in the last month. Obviously, they met in round seven of the FFA Cup qualifying, and the result was flipped this time, and It was a 1-0 win for Olympic, a goal from Daniel Leck in the first half, and it's a result which you'd have to say was very well-deserved for Olympic. I mean, Peninsula Power were not at their best, but Olympic were really sharp, and they went there, and they probably could have won the game by more, ultimately.
1: Yeah, look, um, it's a it's good bounce back from Olympic. Uh, They'll probably... Feel a little disappointed after their draw with uh, Morton Bay uh last Sunday night. And and they came out with a sort of a purpose, whereas I think they actually caught uh Pinch sort of power, so a bit on the hop. Where I guess I guess in a way, um it without saying that you wanna want to lose during the season because you know having a perfect season always you know seems to be the icing on the cake, but in a way as well, the sort of way the players sort of you know, the way they sort of performed last night on um, on uh, no, yeah, last night it was. It's it, it like a loss they probably had to have to sort of reshape their um, sort of their motivation. There. I guess their season because they they yeah, they were nowhere near their best uh, last night. But you know, well done to Olympic. You know, they they finally sort of you know look like that they're contenders again.
0: They did, and they did this actually live, if I remember correctly, Adam. They went to AJ Kelly Park at about this point of this, it was later in the calendar year, but it was about this point of the season. They went to AJ Park picked up a really good three points on that. Night. And I think Daniel Lex scored the winner that night as well, actually. And It kind of was the springboard for Olympic to go on that run late uh, through the second half of the season, all the way to the grand final. I'm not saying they're going to do that once again, but it could be a good first step towards that direction.
1: Yeah. And um, like I said, the one goal is enough. Uh, and even as well, being down to 10, 10 men after Alex Barlow had a bit of a brain explosion. Um, it's sort of midway through the second half. And uh, yeah, for them to hold on resiliently, I think I think the the nil clean sheet. I think that's probably what may have pleased Ben Kahn more than the, the one goal, um, which was which was a yeah, a pretty much a simple tap in for Daniel Leck after Phil Zoback uh, saved a, a a bullet from uh, Jez Lofthouse. So um, yeah, I think that's I think to go up there to get the clean sheet. I think that's probably the more um, sort of pleasing aspect of that result.
0: It is, we'll talk. I'll call it up with Ben Khan. We'll hear from him in a minute. He was, certainly was happy about the clean sheet. But I think you're right about Alex Butler. It was a bit of a brain explosion, wasn't it? It was a pretty clear, cut-and-dry red card, which I don't think anybody were, was arguing about after the game. It was pretty clear that he deserved that. But there was a penalty also in the first half, which you mentioned as well. It was really well saved from Phil Zabak's spot off, off, da- off Daniel Leck. And, and you know I like to ask you this question. Normally I ask you, is it penalty or no penalty? But was this a penalty for a handball or a foul in the box? Because it seemed like you could have given it for both.
1: Yeah, I think I think the referee basically had the choice of of both. But I think, um, yeah, it was, it was a penalty. I think there was no question about that. Um, yeah, I think the, we don't have to, have to ask the referees which they actually officially um, gave the foul for.
0: Absolutely. And well, you mentioned Jess Loftus, he was seemingly getting close back to his best to me. I thought he was really sharp, particularly in the first half. Some of his touches to set things up for Olympic were getting back to the Jez Lofthouse fold. And if that's a sign of what's to come over the second half we know he's been injured for the first half of the year. It's been hampered by an injury, I should say, but he's been playing. If he's getting back to his best, that all goes well for Olympic, doesn't having it. Jez Lofthouse at his best. He's one of the best comp- players in the competition.
1: If history is to go by, we do we know that when Jez Lofthouse is at his best, Olympic are almost unstoppable. Um, because he he provides that X factor, that, that spark. And when he's playing and when defences are trying, you know, their best to try and show him down, he gives opportunities to the forwards, um, his fellow forwards, like a Daniel Leck, like a Steve White, um, Shannon Brady as well, you know, who's served, while well, he hasn't been on the score sheet, he seems to be, have pegged in that right wing spot ahead of Costa Saros. Um, so when he's playing well, uh olympic play well and that's so that's a very very uh, daunting prospect for the rest of the competition in the run into the finals that um that they may be starting to hit their, their peak
0: it absolutely is and we should just don't power once again quickly it's it is their first loss in 18 games for the season including ffa cup ties and do you, it does come at a decent time from them, it? because it's an opportunity now to really reset for them They've got a busy run coming up in the league with catch-up games and they've got the game against Aurora in the Cup and a busy end of the second half of the season. So this is almost a good time for them to, to have a bit of a setback, reassess and go again. It's so just, just cleaning up a couple of slight issues that they might have in their game.
1: Yeah, I think I think the schedule and uh, lockdowns and weather and all that, I think it hasn't been kind to Peninsula Power. I think this was sort of, I think, the perform performance... Uh, Sort of a performance or lacking of a performance that we sort of feared uh, from them because when when you're playing week to week it generally flows it yes you know, if you're riding on momentum confidence they've they've had a very very checkered schedule um, since yes. since pretty much when they beat Olympic uh, at in in the in the cup uh, round seven to to progress to the national rounds where they, they had the lockdown had the lockdown um, that, that those matches. Was Suspended the weather intervene against uh Gold Coast United's schedule. Does that schedule fixture? So, I think the fact is that you now they're not playing week to week and they're having to sort of adjust that may contribute a bit. But, like I said, when when you're 10 points clear at the top, or I think it's uh, on results, I think they're back down to seven with plenty of games in the hand. Um, look. You're allowed a couple of gimmies, and this one, I think, you uh, know, while I'm sure that the uh, that uh, Aaron Phillip and Ben Ryan be pretty disappointed with the performance, I think at the end of the day, it's a minor setback, and I still think that they are on track to uh, defend their premiership.
0: Absolutely, it's a very minor setback, and to your point, they've got a lot of margin for it, which they've built up over the first half of the season. So this is where you want to use that if you do need to use it. Well, after the game, I did catch up with the coach of of um, Olympic FC. Ben Khan, let's have Ben run, they've got with Coach Olympic Ben Khan, and let's see what Ben had to say after the game on Saturday night with their win over Peninsula Power. Alright, we're done with Coach Olympic Ben Khan, Ben, come back to AJ Clay Park after the loss in the FA Cup Round 7, nice bit of revenge there?
2: Yeah, not, not really looking at it as revenge, it was, you know, winning today was more about us and, and making sure that we go into the back end of the season with belief, um, you know, we've been really good against Peninsula the last two times we played them. Um, so yeah, you know we, we knew we were certainly in with a chance today, but it's yeah nice to nice to put that into a win and come away with three points.
0: You started really well, as well. Did you was that something you really focused on was getting off to a fast start here and trying to get that football? Because you played really well in the second half of that cup game a few weeks ago. So was it trying to fast start fast and continue along with that?
2: Yeah, I think I think all teams will always try and try and start well. Um, it wasn't wasn't necessarily a, a um, you know a focus coming into the game. We you know we had a plan and. Um, you know, we, we wanted to be true to ourselves and keep believing that we could play play our way and 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 get three points against Peninsula. So, in the end, it, uh, you know, first half was really good. Second half we had to hang on and we had to, to show a lot of determination defensively. And obviously, going down to ten men meant that we were really really stretched for the last twenty. But. I think they had a couple of chances, but on the whole, I'm really happy with the boys and how they saw the game out.
0: Do you know that resilience shown out
2: afterwards after the red card for Bala. That must be
0: as a coach, something that's really, really pleasing for you. Because I know as a coach, your sides are more known for the attacking side, but to keep that clean sheet defensively must be really, really pleasing.
2: Yeah, of course. And I think I think we, um, you know, we we, um, we draw a lot of. Um, attention in terms of how we play with the ball and attacking and good football but you know we, we haven't conceded uh, I think we conceded 14 and 15 so other than Peninsula whose defensive records are incredible and on another level we, you know ours is ours is pretty good in comparison to the rest of the league yeah,
0: individual, I thought Jez Loftus was really really good tonight is he starting to get back to his best form do you think?
2: Yeah, Jez was outstanding tonight. Um, unfortunately, he got that knock to his hip. Um, I think he's going to be okay moving forward. But yeah, he was it couldn't really continue for the game. And, and I thought we lost a lot going forward and on the counter attack um, without Jez in there. But yeah, he was really good and really happy to, to see him hit some form.
0: Yeah, and just finally, it's obviously been a couple of weeks since you've played. This is now, the start of a pretty busy run. It's just sort of a result which is going to really build some momentum in terms of as a good kick for that run.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a huge, huge result um, for us, and you know we spoke a lot in the week about you know no- knowing that we could beat Peninsula because we've we've played really well against them twice, but um, but actually actually you know coming away with three points against a team that I think they've won 18 straight games. Um, yeah, it's a real real boost for us and a real you know gives us real belief and um, you know we know that the Premiership's probably out of reach, but but for us it's about making sure that we keep improving and growing every week so that. Uh, if even when we get to to that finals, Mark, we're we're in uh, we're in good nick. Congratulations and good luck next yeah. week. Thanks very much.
0: And thank you once again to Ben Carn there for taking time to talk to us after the game at AJ Kennedy Park on Saturday and we'll move on to the rest of the results on Saturday in the NPL Queens and there were three other games played and East picked up a two-one win over Gold Coast United at Heath Park, goals from Abraham Yango and Josh Pinn. Lions had a two-one win at home over Logan Lightning, Jordan Frenner and Finn Beekhurst on the score sheet for them, but the game which I think we both want to focus on, Kapalabar 3, Gold Coast Knights 1, goals from Russell Parker, Kato, Iocci and Condillas with Jason McQuarras, getting a goal back for the Knights. This is a result which not many people saw coming, but Knights are a bit of trouble here, aren't they?
1: Yeah, this is um, this result, obviously we, um, we're we at uh, AJ Kelly covering that game, it a game that kicked off 15 minutes uh, earlier than um, than Olympic and Power, so we were obviously keeping an eye on it. But and to hear that Kapalava hit the front, it was equalised, and then two got when two one in front, and then end up getting b three one. Yeah, this is this is a shock result. You no, know, I think uh, Gold Coast Knights, I think especially uh, on the table, which we'll get to in a, in a minute, they're they're in a bit of trouble as far as their top four hopes. They are,
0: and they're they're. they're... There's a little perception at Gold Coast, I they've just been ticking along really nicely, but their form, Adam, in the last couple of months, it's been quite shaky. This is the fourth or fifth game that they have dropped, and it's actually their sixth loss of the season, actually, so it's not all smooth sailing down on the Gold Coast, is it? It's just I'm not quite sure what to put the finger on. I mean, there was a game midweek, actually, when they played Brisbane Strikers at home, which was a three-all draw, where the Strikers came back to get a late equaliser as well, so I'm Not quite sure what the issue is down there at Gold Coast, but it seems like something's not quite right at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's uh, ever since they they qualify, they they beat uh Sunshine Coast Wanderers back to back in the league, then in the cup. Their form has almost uh, fallen off a cliff. Um, like we haven't actually seen those games uh live or sort of anything other than you know, sort of quick highlights, but um, I'm, I'm not sure what the um, the issue is. I think we will. We will get to see them uh, Friday night because they played Brisbane Raw, which will be you know, a very, very interesting contest because traditionally Gold Coast Knights have uh, had the wood on um, the the young raw. They actually uh, young roar have never beaten them. So but by by looks and by, by looks at the form guides at the moment, um, they may be maybe looking at their first win over Gold Coast Knights because unless they pull out pull out their sort of you know their 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 form slump. They're um yeah they they may be um big going back to back losses.
0: Five wins out of five actually it is for Gold Coastites in that particular fixture. And actually since that cup tie which you mentioned against Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they've got they've got just the one win. It's four points out of twelve. Twelve lost to Lions and Capalaba, drew with the Strikers, and they picked up a good win away to Magpies Crusaders. So, have to see what happens in that game against Brisbane Roar this weekend on Friday night, I believe it is. So, That'll be very very interesting to see what happens. In that game, speaking of the Young Raw, they were in action tonight in the first of the three games on Sunday, a 2-0 win at the Park de Puri against the Brisbane Strikers, and it wasn't quite as comfortable as many people would have believed going into the game because the Strikers were quite competitive, weren't they?
1: They were, um, and that's uh, a credit to them. I think uh, while on results-wise and on the table, they're in all sorts of trouble as far as their relegation, but look, at the end of the day, um, performance-wise, uh, they, they gave, they gave Raw, you know, all they, they could handle in the in the end it was uh two goals yeah it was a goal to Cyrus Demi uh, in the first half then a very very late goal it was in fact the last kick of the game for uh Lachlan Johnston uh the, the youngster who uh, who scored his uh first his main goal in MPL and, and yeah but we've got to give credit to line uh, lines the strikers that uh that they at least um put up a fight because if the first the first meeting of these sides was 6-0 to, uh, to Raw, um, this this was a much better performance.
0: It was. That's a full credit to the new coach there, Vedran Besibigovic, because he's actually done quite a good job since he's taken over from John Cosme. They haven't really made a lot of changes in terms of the playing staff, but it seems to be a much more competitive Brisbane Strikers team, which is which is a good thing, isn't it? I mean, they might not be the best team in the league and they may still wind up in that bottom three, but they seem to be a lot more competitive the second go around the competition.
1: Yeah, look, and if and the fate looks like there is almost sealed as far as as uh, their MPL stay. I think they they're head headed to FQPL one next season. But with that said, um they've got the makings of a core of a young, good side that you know, are going to be very, very hard to score against. You know, Raw have, have almost scored for fun against you know most most sides in this in this league. Gardens so that you know the top three or four sides so to hold them the two goals uh is actually a fair effort and, and i think it might you know give them confidence that yeah, you know, maybe they might be straight back up after after going down because i think yeah it's with kapalabar's shock win over gold coast Knights, uh it may be mission impossible for all three of the bottom teams
0: It may very well be. We'll have to wait and see. Sunshine Coast wanted to pick up a win over one of those bottom three teams. Rillen's by four goals to up there on the Sunshine Coast. And in the final game, a 1pm kickoff down up there in Mackay, Morton Bay had picked up a 4-0 win against Magpies Crusaders. And we watched this game as part of our Sunday doubleheader. This was a pretty comfortable afternoon at the office of Morton Bay, wasn't it?
1: It was uh, goals for Ono, uh, Zach Kipal, and a double for Matt Heath coming off the bench. Um, yeah, look, uh, Morton Bay did the job, and uh, I think yeah, well, probably again, I'm not, I'm not sure if Royce Brownley will be, sort of, you know, celebrating as far as you know a great performance or that. But look, it's three points, it's three points. But the most important thing as well is that a clean sheet for Morton Bay because they're uh, a team that don't. Always, they're, they're so defensively, not as strong as far as go. I think I did read that it's their first clean sheet since April 2019.
0: So that is a stat right there. That's a fantastic record for. Ma- it's not a great record for Mont Ma- Bay if it's the first one. since, <laughs> no, it's since 2019, but it's a good. It's a good start to potentially keeping some clean sheets. Moving on to the table, potential power. Despite their loss, they are still seven points clear at top of the table on 42 points. Ahead of the Brisbane Royal Academy on 35. Then you've got Olympic, 31. Gold Coast Knights, 31. Sunshine Coast, Wanderers, 31. Moreton Bay, 30. Lions, 26. East, 24. Logan, 21. Kapalabar, 17. Gold Coast United, 16. Then you've got Redlands on six. Magpies on six. And the Strikers on four. So there's a 10-point gap there now, Adam, between 11th and 12th, which is the cutoff point. And it does seem it does seem very, very difficult to imagine a scenario where Redlands pull off the Great Escape this year off as a matter of fact, either Magpies or Strikers either.
1: They're going to need some big wins against the grain. Um, and not, and like I said, and not wins against the top four sides. They've got to beat the likes of Capalabar, you know, of, of East, of Gold Coast United because their the sides that are going to be in the, next, in the firing line. And... Look, I just don't see it happening. I think, you know, you don't you don't want to ever say in mid July with the season scheduled to end, you know, it's still with what we we've still got, you know, 10 ten ten rounds to play. Um, that they're gone, but yeah, I think it's not looking good. Um uh, by the way, just uh, just wanna update that that little uh though, they gave. Uh fifth of August two thousand nineteen was their last NPL clean sheet in morton bay. I just had to look it up. So there you go.
0: A long time between drinks from Morton Bay, who are actually right in the middle of a log jam in the table, actually speaking at Morton Bay, because there's four, between third place Olympic and sixth place Morton Bay, there's just one point between those four sides there, Olympic, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast and Morton Bay. I guess the significant thing is that Olympic and Sunshine Coast have played two games less than Gold Coast nights, whereas Morton Bay have one game in hand on the Knights. So, Despite being level on points there in that logjam at 31, Gold Coast Knights seem like they might be in a bit of trouble here in terms of that top four spot, Adam. Because if those t- if the teams around them get the get wins, which you'd have to say at the moment, given the formula of those throw sides in particular, but probably will, that opens up a bit of a gap to them in the top four, doesn't it?
1: It does. It, it even it even puts them, um, with all the all the games that the other that the other sides around them have. Uh, it even brings lions sort of um, at their at their sort of at their heels as well, and they're they're down seventh. So uh, certainly Sunshine Coast Olympic, looking at that uh, table, uh, potential power as well. They 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 lead by seven. They've got um, they're also on fifteen games as well. So they they could pull away again once those actually those two games will be against Gold Coast United, as we know. Uh, so yeah, look those those two. you'd expect that that might be six points right there. So they're they're pretty much, they're going to pull away. But after that, uh, even um, Brisbane Royal are looking all right at the moment. They've got a four-point lead over Olympic with only one game to to give. So, yeah, I I think at Gold Coast Knights, I think are very, very vulnerable. I want to hope that a few of the teams around them start, start losing. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, I think, of those, are looking good for a top four.
0: Yeah, no one would have predicted that. And I think Gold Coast honestly, does really show a lot how important this game is for them on Friday night against the Brisbane Raw. You mentioned power, they do have a game in hand on the Raw. So it's seven with the potential to be as much as a 10-point gap at the top. So despite their loss, it isn't the end of the world up there at AJ Kelly Park. And well, just very quickly, we don't normally go through the goal, but we will go through it quickly. We'll go through the top three. Andy Pengeli leads the race in the MPL mentioned 19 goals. Daniel Leck 16 and Cyrus Demi 15, which is a great return for a young striker pretty much his first full year at this level as a regular starter 15 goals to this point's a great effort
1: yeah um that, that, that's a brilliant effort for uh for Cyrus Demi I, I have to check the record as far as what the uh highest I don't I actually do know it's uh, Dylan Windsor halls is it still holds the record technically um but uh for for the, for the raw even though most of those goals were for uh, Western Pride, <laughs> but it's but so but yeah. Look, fifteen goals for him uh, in sixteen games. That's that's a fair effort from him, and I, I still think there's there's more to come. but I still think that he'll play a few more games before uh, the senior squad comes calling for the A League.
0: He will most definitely will. We'll have to wait and see. I hope they can keep that side together for this competition because they've been absolutely joy to watch. we'll move on now to the Kappa Women's Super Cup quarterfinal clashes Adam. we'll go through the results quickly, and we'll talk about the games that we covered. Brothers Townsville 5, Central FC 0, Lions FC 3, Kapalabar 0, Logan Lightning 1, South United 0, and Western Pride 2, Maroochydore 0. So, the first game we covered was on Friday night between South United and Logan, and we've got to be honest, it wasn't the most entertaining of matches that we've watched this year, but Logan were tough. They were resilient, and they found a way right at the end with Brittany Lasic—a great finish to win the game.
1: Yeah, a bit of an upset this one. Um, but look, Logan deserved it. They—they held—they held out uh, South who, so, you know, they—they they tried and tried and probably weren't at their best as far as you know, they're taking their goal-scoring opportunities. And uh, Brittany Lasic uh, bobs up in the second minute stoppage time and score scores the winner. So uh, well done to Logan, and they move on to the final four.
0: They do, and now I'm going to throw this over to you because, well, while, while I was driving home from AJ Kelly Park on Saturday, you will—you had already headed home to watch the game between Capalaba and Lions. It did end three-nil to Lions. Talk us through it.
1: Yeah, look. Uh, firstly, delayed, delayed start of the game because of uh, medical issue before. Before the game, uh, Elton on the pitch at uh, Max Haynes Field, so it did kick off at 7:45. But uh, look, Capalaba possession-wise were were very very good. I think um, this is probably one of the better performances. Uh, for them against against Lions anyway, and um, they had possession. They they were they were put back on their heels of an injury to the uh, crummer early in the game, which I think that I think that was a lot of their plans were centered around. If though if they were going to score goals, it was going to be sent through her, and to lose her pretty much put pay to that. And then it was just a matter it was just a matter of time. And pretty much it was um it was the Lions sort of you know. The, the usual suspects in Tegan riding, Shay Connors and Amy Gunson, who picked up the uh, goals. But look, Lions, what, what more can we say about them? Um, normal service resume that you now they're back uh, clean sheets and really not giving uh, teams much of a hope of scoring of scoring goals. So we always said that with um, Kapalbar may have been able to jag one, but the chance of them scoring two. Uh, in, in sort of in regulation time or even extra time was always going to be difficult so so yeah uh but lions will play logan in uh in the first semi-final
0: they will lions versus logan and western pride against brothers town's your semi-finals in the inaugural of the kappa women's super cup we won't go through any of the results over last week in the npl women's because the table is essentially set which we will go through in a minute but we'll just talk about the table, Adam and. And, you know, first, we'll talk about a couple of teams individually in terms of what's actually happened now. and We'll, we'll go through the Golden Boot first, I think, because I've got that up in front of you. So we talked about Lions attack, and you mentioned how good they've been. They've got five players in the top 10 of the goal-scoring charts, which is quite remarkable. So Shay Connors had 30 over the, that 16-game stretch, which is 10 goals more than Bella Habuda. And I imagine, despite a game being played midweek with Gold coach I don't think Bella Habuda is going to score 10 goals to close that gap. So Shay Connors will take out the Golden Boot. For this part then you've got amy gunston with 18 tegan riding 16 and mariel hecker 12. so that just underscores just how prolific and potent that attacking quartet is isn't it? it's just amazing the sort of depth they've got we talked last week about their defensive depth and how good that back line had been for such a long period of time this front line has been equally as dominant
1: it's it's a scary prospect that um, yeah. like I said we we last week we're focusing on how great their defence was, even though they considered their first goal in nine hundred ninety minutes. Um, but yeah, look that, that's the other that's the other sort of thing is that yeah this attack are uh, four top five in in the golden boot. And th- the funny thing is that they all they all seem to get on the score sheet. I think I was joking in our coverage that I think that you know riding Connors and Gunsel score sheet. I think that was bing- we called Lions Bingo. <laughs> I think in Hecker was uh, Lions. It was a <laughs> Lions Yachts I think called or something, something stupid like that. But uh, in all seriousness, they do. They the threats are all across the park in that front in that in that uh, attacking you know quartet for, for Lions. And then and then the scary thing is you then you have some like a um, Beck Kirkup who can come on and also score goals. So it really is. Um, yeah, it's it's one thing to, to stop them. Uh, to actually try and score a goal against them, then try and stop them scoring. It's almost the definition of, of almost, I'm not calling a perfect football team, but if you want to, if that's your most basic strategy for success, that is how you do it.
0: Yeah. Score goals, don't concede goals. By the way, all these card games, they're confusing me. So I'm going to stick with something which I have a bit more understanding of understanding. That's, that's the table in NPL wins, which is now in front of me. Lions did finish. Top of the table on 46 points. And South 36. Kapalabar, 35. Gold Coast United, 34. Eastern Suburbs, 31. Sunshine Coast, Wanderers, 27. Morton Bay, 26. That's your top seven who will join football QAS in the MPL as of next week, Adam. Then you've gone down to the second half of the table, which is Western Pride, 24. Olympic, 23. Brisbane City, 20. Virginia, 16. Logan, 14. Mitchelton, 14. Gap, 4, Gap 12. Thunder 2, Peninsula Power 1. Now, there still is three games to play from this round of fixtures. You've got the round 16 game between Gold Coast and Logan, which we played on Wednesday night. And there are two round 17 games between Thunder and Moreton Bay. Virginia and Logan yet to be rescheduled. We'll have to wait and see if they actually do end up rescheduling those remaining two games. I hope that they do. But we'll look at that top seven, Adam. And is that the top seven you would have predicted at the start of the year? because to me, as much as it's been a really good season from those seven, I, I would never have thought Sunshine Coast Wanderers would be there. And it's full credit to them that they to do find themselves in the top seven.
1: Yeah, Sunshine Coast Wanderers are, you know, in reflection, I think they're the ones that didn't expect to be so high. Uh, we did say when we did our predictions at the start of the season that we didn't know where South would end up. They've ended up finishing a second. Uh, <laughs> But again, uh, when when you saw a player like a Riccatano, who you know basically became the nucleus of a side that has a lot of experience in that, um, it's actually not much of a surprise seeing the light they have, and it, it's good enough to be in that top seven. Um, other than that, uh, I think the shocks the more the shocks would be the uh I guess the disappointments. Uh, Brisbane City, for example, yeah, you know, they, they looked like they, they could have been anything early in the season. They just fell away. And obviously the gap I thought um I thought they would they would be better for the squad they had. Um obviously, yes, a young squad, but um I guess maybe life may be you know more difficult playing you know week in, week out. Against um, against you know, senior women and um, I think yeah, Mick Gallo's got a job there to bring that uh, side along.
0: He does. You actually answered my next question. So I was going to ask you which of those sides that you would have, that are in that bottom half would you say um the most disappointed to be there? And I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think Brisbane City they came in with a lot of expectations and fanfare, starting up a women's program there, which is fantastic under under Hanno. It just didn't work out for them. Really did it after that first month where they. Started like a house on fire. They really did tail off badly in the end, and you know, right, for the, we're about before, the gap to be in this position where they're not in the top tier of women's football here in Queensland is un- is unthinkable. But it's 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 justified given the season that they've had. It's a bit of a rebuilding year there under Mick Gallo. So to me, I do think those two sides are the ones who have probably underperformed the most. Teams like Western Pride and Olympic who just missed out on the final day of the season, basically. I think it's. They're basically where we thought they would be. They might have just squeaked in, they might have just but that's basically where we thought those two would be. So to me it is probably Brisbane City and, and the gap who are probably the most disappointed with their seasons to date.
1: Yeah, um yeah, I think I think they're definitely I think uh, I think the Br- Br- Brisbane City that loss to Lions, that the absolute mauling that we we're at, you know, uh that that pretty much they, they never recovered from that. And uh and that, that's sort of that's probably, they saw the benchmark and um, I guess that almost sort of was an indication how far off they are from, from the top Look, lines have beaten up a number of teams like that, but uh, they, that seemed to be the one where it was the catalyst for where they sort of, they fell apart. Um, yeah. Logan, obviously we, Logan, as well, obviously, grand finalist last year. You could probably make a case that they were slightly disappointed to finish uh, 13, but the, the players that they've lost, uh, yeah, you, all, you always were going to expect uh, them to struggle. You know, obviously, you know, Shea Connors, Shea Connor's taking her, her lot of goals and now going out and scoring 30 for, for Lions. That's obviously a big loss. Meg McGallagher, as well, at Western Pride, who know, did so well to get them so close because I thought she was a distant difference as far as Western Pride and her experience. So you take those two players out alone and a number of other players that were in that you know in the squad that moved on. Um, yeah, it was always going to be tough for them to recover after the heights of making that um, Grand Final last year.
0: Yeah, they were always pushing it uphill this year. With that, to your point, so for them, I think it's probably was expected that they would end up in this bottom half and the, the rebuilding job there is not going too badly, given they did make the quarterfinals of the Cup, as we mentioned. We'll move on. Oh, so before we move on, the game, the, the the league does, not sure when it officially splits, but I believe there are games scheduled for both the NPL women's and the new, newly formed, or to be formed, FQPL women's starting as of next weekend. So keep an eye out for that. The competition should be back next week. We'll have all that action for you. Then we'll move on now to FQPL1, where there was almost a full round of matches played. There was just, one game postponed an Ipswich 9th and Bruce City to be caught up on Tuesday night out there at the Eric Evans Reserve. But in the games which were played, Adam, Sunshine Coast Wanderers went to win and came over with a 2-0 win. Rochdale 2-0 up on the range against the Thunder. Holland Park 1, South United 0. And in the game played this evening, Mitchelton 2, Western Pride 1. This is a couple of really interesting results. Rochdale has solidified that second place now behind Bruce City, the runaway league leaders, but... At the other end of the table, big wins for Holland Park and Sunshine Coast, who now are out of the relegation zone to fire.
1: Yeah, um, that, that was a big result going to going to Carmichael Park and getting uh, getting three points. I think Sunshine Coast, they're a side that typically do struggle um, away from home. And uh, yeah that, that's a big result that puts Winham in all sorts of trouble. The uh, Frank Farina coached wolves um, yeah, they, they get they're, they're in deep trouble as far as uh, as far as there being you know their FQPL1 status may be in a bit of danger. but the good thing for them, I guess the positive about that is that it is only three points. Between them and safety, so you know they get they pick up a result here or there, or they go on a run, they they'll be all right. So that's that seems to be the probably at the moment the most interesting race across all the leagues at the moment is that relegation race in uh, FQPL one. If you don't include, of course, the, the battle for top four in MPL, but um, as far as actual the the season itself, I think that's it yeah, because there's still uh, anywhere between uh, Southside Eagles and Six and Wyndham Wolves. Uh, could be safe or gone from if you one.
0: Yep, yeah, between the bottom bottom six sides, there's two wins. So I'll go through the table. Now, obviously, Brisbane City, they're still still clear on 36 points. Roto cut the gap to two. They're on 34, but City have three games in hand, so it's still well and truly in City's hands to see if they can get back to the NPR next year. Then it's down to Thunder on 27, Western Pride 22, to 19, and Southside Eagles 16, Ipswich Knights 14. Sunshine Coast 13, South 12, Holland Park 11, and Wynnum Wolves on 10. So it is a very tight battle down there in the bottom half of FQP. I want to keep an eye on over the remaining weeks of the season. In the Golden Boot race, Yuta Hirayama is was first on 12, and then you've got Greg Cheshire and Yinka Hinde on 10 goals each. And Adam, he's made a massive impact for Rotary hasn't he? Kehinde on the score sheet once again this weekend
1: well, 10 goals already since his, uh, since he signed with them that's uh that 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 obviously that's uh been a big boost for him because um I don't, I don't think he has but he hasn't played the, too many games for Rochdale since he made that switch from um Olympics so yeah that's um that obviously has, um helped, helped them out great and they, I still think that yeah that Rochdale has got probably the, one of the best attacks in at FQ field one so he just adds that especially um yeah sharing the goals with uh, Greg Cheshire. He's brought his
0: goal-scoring goal boots with him from Goodwin Park. Noted about that. Moving on to FQPL Tours. We like to call it League of Goals. and Just the 10 goals this week, Adam. So it's a bit, a bit quiet. This will be in FQPL. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Maybe it's Defenders weekend in, in <laughs> FQPL 2 this weekend. But we'll go through the results. We think Walsh 1, Sanford nil, Magic United 2, Virginia 1, Turinga Rovers 4, Coomera Colts 0, Grange Thistle 1, North Star 1. What it means for... The table, Caboolture, they still remain five points clear over Turinga Rovers 37, plays 32. And then you've got Grange 27, North Star 20, Magic 17, Sanford 13, Virginia 11, and Coomera on one. And Adam, I guess looking ahead in FQPL 2, Caboolture have got games in the next, next seven to 10 days against third place Grange and second place Turinga. If they happen to get four or even six points out of those two games, it is almost shut the gate. It's all, it's secure, that promotion spot. It's a big week for Caboolture coming up.
1: Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think that, yeah, Caboolture, even, as you said, four out of six, I think that be, might be enough of a gap for them to sort of, sort of for pretty much start thinking about life in FQPL1 because, um, yeah, it's going to be hard for the likes of Turinga and Grange to, uh, to find uh, – th- Find, find the points to, to catch them. And that's assuming that Cabool to then don't go to teams lower and just continue winning.
0: Absolutely. Well, Turinga do have Sean Kambastas on their side in that game next week. He's got 19 goals for the season, the golden boot leader currently in FQPL2, ahead of Joe Kopus and Dylan Proctor. as your top three goal scorers in FQPL2 this year. Adam, we'll, we always wrap this show up with our performance. I'll let you go first this week. See what have you got?
1: Um. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm gonna go my performer of the week, and I kind of forgot about it. Um. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with um with Matt Heath for um for Morton Bay. Uh, two goals in three minutes. Uh and it's it's good to see him get back on the score sheet. Uh, a sort of yeah a play that sort of just seems to you know, be racked with injury. So I tell you what, if he does actually, you know, start getting on a role as far as, you know, well like a role as far as just to just give minutes played, he's um, gonna be a big difference uh, for uh, for Morton Bay, especially with um, with young Zach Kiepal as well also scoring goals as well. So I think if you when you have two strikers that are both firing, um I think their their hopes of a top four final finals finish are certainly, you know, very, very real.
0: If in doubt, go with your own club. Good job was always there, Mister <laughs> Man. Also, we did talk, we did speak to Royce Brownley last week about Matt Heath, and it was great to have him back in the squad. And he's a big an important part of that team out there at Morton. Bay. noted about that. For me, I'm going with Jez Lofthouse. He was absolutely fabulous for 60, 65 minutes against Peninsula Power. He's, when he's on, when he's on his game, he's just he's an absolute joy to watch, and he's getting back to that form once again. And if he's if he's going to bring that form over the second half, of the year, Olympic Games are going to be going to be must-watch because he is a fantastic player, and I really enjoy watching him play.
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, that's pretty much universal across um, across the league as far as the fans go. They they I know who he is, uh, just Lofthouse. You know, he can be he can be a game breaker when needed, and um, yeah, I, I think as you said at the top of the show, I think Olympic success almost uh, live and die with with him as far as you know if he's if he's going well Olympic going well and um he's a player certainly is you know, well known throughout the league.
0: he's got a couple of very good teammates as well there to work with as well. But that'll do it for this of the Brisbane football who's MPL Sunday show. Adam joining me once again. Yep thanks Scott. Absolutely now there's plenty of midweek football as always down here in Southeast Queens had some catch-up games along with a full round of MPL men's MPL women's FQPL women's FQPL one and two men's Next weekend, there's also plenty. as five competitions that to keep an eye on over the next seven days. So get get out there and watch that football where you can. We'll talk to you all once again next week on the Brisbane Football Review.